You have been given a name that is above all names in heaven and on earth, and that is the name of Jesus. You are the head and not the tail, and you will always triumph in every situation in this life in the name of Jesus. You are healed. You are filled with the Holy Spirit and fire. You are blessed. You're a mighty warrior of God that will never be defeated by sin or destruction. You're a great mother. You're a great father. You're a, you have a great marriage. You are loved. You are made for greatness. You are made in the image of God. You are God's most precious possession. God will never leave you nor forsake you. God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? You will not walk in depression or fear, but you will walk in the joy and faith of our Lord. The joy of the Lord is your strength, and faith in God is your shield. You are precious to God, and He has a plan for your life, and it is a great plan. You are loved by God your Father, and you're going to become all that God made you to be. You will not live according to what others say about you. You will live according to what Jesus has said about you. What Jesus has said about you is the only thing that matters. Do you understand me? The only thing that matters. Men's opinions don't count for nothing. Don't live for the opinion of man or you'll be disappointed. We live for the approval of a great God who created you and is for you and going to help you be all you're called to be. You might have had a thought uh, that you don't belong anywhere and that you will never amount to anything. But let me tell you that Jesus does not make mistakes. And Jesus will direct your steps if you will give Him your life. Look to Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. You're going to make it. You're going to have a successful, blessed, worry-free, life-changing, faith-filled, Holy Spirit-led, sickness-free, depression-free, debt-free 2019. You belong to God. He doesn't fail, and you are not going to fail either in Jesus' mighty name. Amen? You belong to God. The devil is a liar. We don't listen to him. Guys, look, I'm in the same boat you guys are in. Amen? Just because I preach the Word or I'm in here and I'm the pastor of this church, it does not give me a license to be able to be free from any uh, you know, uh, distractions from the devil. He comes at my family just like he comes at your family. The only difference is, is I've settled in my heart that I'm going to be a man of God with His help and He ain't ruling my house. He ain't taking my kids. He ain't taking my wife. He ain't taking nothing that belongs to me. Why? Not because of me. It's because of who He is. And if Jesus hung on that cross and He took those stripes on His back, I'm not going to let that be done in vain. How about you? I'm going to accept what Jesus did for me. Do I think I'm worthy? Absolutely not. And I have to look in the mirror every single week and every single day and realize, you know what? I'm not worthy. But it ain't based on my righteousness. It's based on the righteousness of a great God that has made me right. He's given me these things to be able to be a world overcomer in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. How many of y'all believe 2019 can be a great year? Amen? Hallelujah. I just wanted to share that with you guys because I'm telling you, the enemy is trying to defeat the body of Christ. Why? Because he knows that if we will obey God fully, there's going to be change in America. He knows that if we begin to lend our ear to the Spirit of God, we begin to get in His Word and His Word gets in us, we begin to look above the problems. We begin to do what you know, Paul said, He has seated us in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion. He's done that. Not you, not me. He's done that. And I'm going to tell you something, man. I used to be that guy. Skeptic. Laughed at people that had a Bible. Laughed at them. I remember a girl in my homeroom class, man. And like I said, I had, I had good parents, but I had parents that were yielding to, you know, evil. They did things. They, they showed us things, uh, how to drink. I mean, I had friends that taught me how to cuss. Does anybody got any friends like that? I mean... No, you don't say S-H, oh, you say it this way. Oh, okay, okay. well, thank you. Man. And I'm not, I'm not playing, guys. I'm not trying to be funny, okay? I was raised in a, rare, a, a situation that was kind of challenging, okay? I know what it's like to go through these things. But, guys, I'm telling you, God has brought you here for a reason. You're sitting in this chair right now for a reason. And all I'm asking you to do is just be open to the Holy Spirit speaking to you. 
Just be open. Because I know God, and I've sat out there in this chair just like you have. And we'll continue to. <laughs> and I know God's up to something. And I know God is talking to some of you. Let Him speak, man. Let Him talk to you. He loves you. If there's anybody that knows how to get to you, it's God. Because He created you, man. And I don't care how bad you've messed up. I don't care how far away you've slipped. We serve a God that takes broken pieces and makes kings, makes royalty out of them. What's the Bible say? He takes the foolish things of the world to confront the wise. I'm a candidate for that all day long. Amen? He took unschooled and uneducated disciples in the book of Acts and they literally turned the world upside down for Jesus. And that's what He wants to do with us. Amen? Okay, well, we're going to go ahead and get in the message. That was just a little extra bonus, okay? When I'm talking about living the blessed life, and we got that up here, living the blessed life, what I'm talking about is living a life that blesses. We're talking about a life that blesses. We're not talking about, you know, going after materialism and going after things like this. No, no, no. We're not searching out things like that. We're searching out to be blessed so we can be a blessing. Unfortunately, we live in a culture that lives opposite of this. We live in a self-centered, take care of me first, get mine while I can, look after me culture. We live in a society that puts way too much emphasis on our possessions. Would y'all not agree? I mean, we look around and we see people that are driving cars or, or if we see somebody with clothes, we might want to look and say, oh, okay, what's the name of that? Oh, that's Lucky Brand or whatever. What kind of purse is that? What kind of purse? Oh, ooh, that's Coach. Wow. You know what I'm saying? We compare people with possessions and stuff. Amen? And I'm not saying these things are bad, okay? We work so hard to, I want you all to get this right here. We work so hard to obtain things that are not good enough to take with us when we depart from earth. So why do we think they are worth staying with us on earth. How many of y'all have been to a funeral? Anybody been to a funeral? Let me ask you this. Have you ever walked into the funeral home or where the body's at, you know, whether they're being cremated or whether they're in a casket, um, and seen an extra maybe storage building off to the side that was going to kind of go with them when they left? No matter how many good things they had, right? Rich, poor, don't matter. I've never went to a funeral home, and that was the topic of the discussion. They're dead, but we're going to talk about all of what they get to take with them. No. And I don't care if you cram stuff in their casket. It ain't going with them. You are not taking none of this with you when you leave. None of it. Why? It don't belong to you. <laughs> it don't belong to me. It belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. And that frees us. Last week we talked about who the owner was. Today I want to talk about being a good steward. So I just want you to lean in because good stewardship is not just about money. How do you steward your time? How do you steward the gifts and talents that God's given you? And also how do you steward your money? We live in a country that is the richest country on the planet, but yet... The percentage of people that live paycheck to paycheck is alarming. It's sad. Why? Because we don't know how to steward it. We know how to spend it. <laughs> we know how to spend it well. And we have commercials. We have toys that are out there just yelling when you go to stores. I mean, Walmart is a, per a perfect example when you go to Walmart. I mean, I guarantee you most people that walk in Walmart don't walk out with, the same, with, with what they were going in there for. They usually will maybe grab one or two other things. Okay? And that's the way it is in life. We think, if I just have this. And then they come out with a new phone that just looks different. It's got everything in it the same, okay? But it looks, oh, i got to have that phone. If I had that phone, it would make my life better. Cars, possessions, clothes, etc., etc. So today I want to talk about that because you will never be a good steward unless you know who the owner is. To live a life that is blessed, we must recognize the foundation of ownership. God owns everything in the world, but He appoints us as stewards to wisely manage it. We are not to confuse God's blessing with materialism. The blessed life is a life that blesses. When we follow God's principle of giving and are good stewards over what He gives us, the supernatural happens. We all know, guys, or some of you may know, that when you give, whether it's to the church or you give to somebody, it's funny how that comes back around 
And you'll have even people that speak motivationally and they, they go around and talk about, you know, you, you living the better life and all, and they're not even Christians. They're going to add this element into their, their talk about giving. Always. Tony Robbins or any of these guys, they're going to talk about giving. Okay? And they are not self-proclaimed Christians, but they talk about this. Why? There's something about when you release something to help somebody. It just has a boomeranging effect and helps you. We, we kind of get that. But do you know that when you start stewarding your stuff right, the supernatural happens? It does. And I'm preaching to Nathan because I am not and have not been a very great steward with what I have. I mean, budgets to me is like a death certificate. <laughs> I'm thinking, my God, really? I mean, I got to budget all this and, and I got to, you know, uh, do all this, you know, figuring out where all my money's going when, man, my money's been doing pretty good running around. <laughs> but I have found over the last couple of weeks that I've been kind of just putting down every receipt of what I've spent. Because when I go into month, the month of March, it's going to look different than the month of February. I'm going to find out how many times I went to Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> I'm going to find how many times that I've went to a restaurant and ate uh, two people for 35 or 40 dollars. You know, I'm going to find out. I'm going to see where my money's going because if I never know where my money's going, it ain't going to tell me. It's just going to keep going. And I want to be a good steward of what God's given me. And I think you'll see that as we go to Matthew 25 and as we read this story that Jesus lays out to His people. I want you to know He don't call His name out in this, but He's talking to His people, His followers, His servant. Matthew 25 verse 14. And we're going to read a little bit here. I just want you to follow along with me. They'll have it up there so you can follow along with me. Uh, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. Now, if anybody knows what the kingdom of heaven is like, that would be Jesus, correct? Yes. This is in red letters. I know it ain't in red letters up there, but, but in the Bible it's in red letters. So Jesus is getting ready to tell them what the kev, uh, kingdom of heaven is like. He said it's like a, a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants, not lost, not people that wasn't interested. These are his own, I would say Christians, okay, his own followers, and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise he had received two, gained two more. So they're doing good, right? They took their money, they've went and did what the master asked them or, or their, their Lord had asked them to do, and now they've brought a return back to their Lord, okay? But let's get to the one guy here. The one guy, he got one, okay? But he who had received one went and dug the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with him. He's talking about money here, but if you'll pay close attention to what I've just read, he gave the one five talents, he gave the one two talents, and he gave the one one talents according to the ability that they had. There was an ability they had to be able to take that wealth, and I'm going to explain to you guys what a talent is in just a minute because we went back in that day, okay? We know $20, $100, $50, $60, whatever. You know, we, we know dollar bills and coins and stuff like that. They didn't have that. They had a different thing. So I'm going to kind of break that down in just a minute, but I just want you to see that the Lord of those servants, just like your Lord, has given each one of you in here talents. He's given you a paycheck. He's given you a career. He's given you things but the question is, are we going to return back to Him double? And I'm going to explain how we can do that. He goes on, Jesus goes on to tell the story. He says, so he, had he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Some people say, why do I give? They're just going to waste the money. They're not going to spend it right. Why? Do, I mean, they're doing okay. I don't need to do that. We live for things now because we have no concept that you're not going to live forever. Y'all do know that there's nobody walking around from the 1700s, right? Have y'all bumped anybody from 1700s? No, they ain't here no more. And pretty soon we're not going to be here. Jesus is warning us to get a kingdom of heaven mindset 
that we're leaving here very soon and he's got something greater. So let's be responsible with what we have. Let's don't live for the now. Let's prepare for the future. Amen. He goes on to say, enter into the joy of the Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Everybody in this room, if you have a job and your boss was to call you in and say, hey, look, man, you've been doing really good. I want to give you a raise. There's nobody in this room that would be go, it! I didn't really want that. Nobody would. Everybody in this room, you get up in the morning, you're going to go to work, and you would love to hear those words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Here's an extra $20,000 this year. We would, we would like to hear that. Let me tell you something. What's on the other side of your last breath is way more than that. And I'm telling you, if we'll get a kingdom mindset, it will change your life. When you realize you ain't given to a church, you ain't given to a woman that's in the line at Walmart. You're not given to, you know, to help people or organizations. You're not doing that. You're given to help build his kingdom. And he will reward you for that. Just like when we do on our job. When we take our job at heart and we do what's best for our job, guess what? Your boss sees that and they usually reward you. I know sometimes they don't, but, you know, they need to, okay? All right? I mean, it's just, it's just, it should be, but, they, you know, they don't because it's natural. But the point is, the concept's there. When you take what you do at heart and you value where you're at, most of the time you're going to get rewarded. He goes on to say this, Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Friend, I want, you, I want to explain something to you. we got three Christians here. Okay, I want to break it down to you in real time. Three Christians that Jesus called over and said, Look, I'm going to give you, you, you a certain amount of talents based on your ability. Two went out and took it heart what their master said, okay, and said, you know what, I got to get busy. He wants to build his kingdom. He wants me to take these resources and use it for his good. I'm going to get busy with it. And man, they doubled it. The one said, I don't care what he said. I'm going to go bury it, and I'm going to go live my life the way I want to. And out of fear, he went and dug it up because he knew his master was coming, and he made up a bunch of bogus lies because he didn't know his master. He made up some stuff. Well, I knew you was a hard man, man. Blah, 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 blah. And you don't even know him. You're scared to death right now because he's standing there looking at you and you have done nothing with the gift and talent that he gave you. And that's the way it is in the body of Christ. How many of y'all are tired of seeing hypocrites? People that say they love Jesus, but they don't live it. Okay? That's the one with the one talent. And if that's you, that's you. But God's good. <laughs> and He'll help you become a two-talent and five-talent, okay? It's not about the money. Get your eyes off of that. Get your ears off of that. It's not about money, okay? I'm not taking up an offering. I don't want your money. I don't want nobody's money. I want you to experience what the five-talent and the two-talent experienced. And it's about putting His stuff first. And when we do that, things get accomplished on earth Spiritually and naturally. While each servant, which servant will you be on the day Jesus comes to sell accounts with you? Because when you die, you're not going to be standing with nobody in this room. You're going to be standing in front of the master. Stewardship, the definition that I have is the management of the property of another. i got three thoughts I want to share with you today and we'll be done, okay? Thought number one, I'm not the owner. Psalms 24.1 says this, The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to who? Him. To Him. 1 Corinthians in the New Testament says this in 10.26. For the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. 
Everything belongs to God. Everything. Hallelujah. We have got to get this revelation that everything belongs to God. We may have our name on the deed, paycheck, banking account, IRA, 401k, social security check. But if you are a Christian, you need to know that it really all belongs to God. How we steward what He has given us will determine how much more we get on this earth, as well as how much we get in the world to come. You know what you do? We're up for a job interview right now. You're being interviewed right now by the Master. He has a beautiful place for us when we leave. He has assignments when we leave. And He wants to give us things to do when we leave here. But how you do in this life has everything to do with the next life. Now the first thing is, is you need to know Jesus. Obviously, you've got to know Jesus. But then we begin to start working for a reward from our Master. Not, not to be more righteous, not to work for His love. Not, we're not working for these things. These are freely given to us. Amen? But we begin to work for a reward. And that's why a lot of Christians don't. They'll get in church and they don't move forward. They go for about a month, two months, six months, or a year, and then they fizzle out. Why? Because they're not, they're not working towards nothing. They just begin to say, well, what do I do? I mean, I can stay home and watch church. They look at it as no big deal. Oh, no. No, it's a big, big deal. And I'm going to tell you something. For 30 plus years, I've never bought into that lie. Oh, you man, you don't have to go to church. It's no big deal, man. You know what? You can stay home and serve God. Well, go ahead, because I've seen a bunch of them try, and they ain't serving God. I ain't always been a pastor. I was a nursery worker. I was an usher. I worked with you know, teenagers. Thank God I've been delivered. Uh, I worked with, uh, hallelujah. Woo, you guys are something, man. Hallelujah. I mean, really. I mean, I've worked in all phases of ministry, and I've had the opportunity to yield my ear to some people that said, oh, man, you know what, man? You can serve God at home. Man, y'all go to church all the time. What's wrong with y'all? Well, that's good. I'm going to keep going to church. You know why? Because He matters. His kingdom matters. And one day I'm going to die and I'm going to stand and look at Him, not you. So you go ahead and stay home. That's good. I don't care. Okay? All right? I had the same temptation that everybody else has. And I wasn't a preacher. I was just a person that loved God. Amen. And I'm still a person who loves God. Amen? I love Him. Yes. And I'm not going to draw back. I had this thought this morning. I was praying. That's a good thing to do. So I was praying. I was talking to God. I was like, man, just praying. He gave me this little illustration. He said, Nathan, he said, my people are like those people that are in a real hot place. You ever been to the beach in like July? It's not always comfortable. The wind may be blowing, but you're sweating, okay? You usually are sweating bad. And if you stay out there long, you're going to get a little red, okay? You're going to get sunburnt. But let me ask you this. As hot as you may be in that heat, how long will it take for you to get cold if you was to step over into 30 below zero? Just like that. You would be freezing. You'd probably be frozen. Okay? My point is, is when you start compromising His Word and His ways, it only takes one step over here in the wrong lane, and then all of a sudden, your world begins to go backwards. You begin to go backwards. Oh, you once thought the Word was important. You once thought that going to church all the time was important. You once thought that serving God was the most important thing to do. But we decided to just take one little step over here and we started getting cold quickly. I'm telling you guys, the enemy is waiting for those that will compromise this right here. This, I'm not talking about any other books. I know there's a lot of people up there saying there's missing books of the Bible. Well, you just let them talk about them. This is the book. This is the book that God gave us as humans and said, you live by this. And I don't care what other book's out there. I don't care what the name of it is. And I don't care who wrote it. This is the book by which we live by. We do what it says, not people say. Because people are not God. <laughs> he is. And He knows what's best for us. So don't be the person that steps off the beach into the freezing weather. It's not good, okay? It will hurt you. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. You know, diamonds, where did they come from? Is any women in here got some diamonds? My wife's got a little bitty diamond. She's going to get a bigger one, hopefully. <laughs> she had that little bitty one for a while. I told her, I said, baby, I want to get you a big diamond. So I'm believing God to be able to up the diamond, okay? But how many of y'all got diamond earrings, diamond necklaces or something? Like don't be ashamed. You got some diamonds. Raise your hand. Okay, you got some diamonds, 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 diamonds. Where's the diamonds come from? They come from coals. <laughs> They came, well, they came from, actually, they don't come from coal. I actually did a little research on that. But they do come from God's earth, okay, to make it simple. What about the car you drove here today? With the metal and the plastic and all that, where did all that come from? 
It came from God's rocks and other natural minerals to develop that. What about the clothes you got on right now? And thank God you do have clothes on. I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Hallelujah. Good, good, good job. But they came from God's plants. Now, I'm not going to get into the fake stuff, okay? I mean, I, I don't really, you know, but, but, but cotton, uh, linen, that came from God's plants. What about your house you live in? It just showed up, right? You called Amazon and they shipped it to you and you put it in the yard, right? No, 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 no. It came from trees and other materials that came from the earth. What about your money? Come from God's paper. Come from trees, man. Everything we have came from God, people. Everything. So that means when it's time for me to give Corey $100, I don't have to stress over it. Because it ain't mine. I can live free. You know what I'm saying? Somebody gives me a car and I want to I bless somebody with a car. I can do it without going, I can do it because it ain't mine. You live with a sense of freedom when you know you're using somebody else's stuff. I mean, really? There ain't nobody in this room that if I was to give you an unlimited amount of money and say, go spend it, you would have no problem because it ain't yours. So why do we think our measly dollars are ours, our cars, our houses, all the, why do we even put, think about it? How about if we just start living with the idea, hey man, you like this shirt? Hey, let me give you this shirt. Here, you take it. It ain't mine anyway. What if we just live knowing? Because see, if we'll live that way, you're demonstrating to the world around you that there's something bigger that's your source than your paycheck, Amen. than your job, which is not your source, which is not going to help you. It will sometimes let you go. Yeah, it will. God will never let you go. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to be naked. <laughs> Just like I was when I came to this earth. Amen. You ever been to the hospital and see a baby come out with dressed in clothes? Uh-uh. As you come is as you go. Same way. Naked. Naked. We're talking about nudity in church today. Hallelujah. Didn't know y'all was going to hear that. Some that's been with me for a while. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Number two point. I am a good steward. Or let's just say I am a steward. Let's just say that. I'm a steward. Genesis 2.15 says this right here. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. To do what with it? How about he gave it to him and said, hey, look, I want you to steward this. I gave it to you to steward. We can put it there, right? He, he said, you steward this. So this has been from the foundations of the world. The first created human. He said, hey, look, man, you ain't going to be standing in my garden and just looking at it, and I ain't cleaning up your mess. You hear me, teenagers? You're in my house. You're eating my food. You're going to do what I tell you to do. And all the parents said, amen. amen. All the students said, shut up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't do that. I love you guys. I used to be like y'all. Hallelujah. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, this, we're living in God's house. We're on God's land. We're on God's property. And if you're going to live here and you're going to call him your Lord, you're going to tend it and you're going to keep it. Hallelujah. He goes on to say, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you eat of it, you will surely die. Why did he put that tree there? Why did he put the tree and said, don't you touch it? Because he wanted them every time they walked by that tree to know who owned that garden. And it's the same thing with our life. I mean, God put it in his word, man. Look, bring the tenth, bring the first to me. Why? Because he wants you to know that he's God and he owns it all. But many of us, Many of us, he's the last resort. He's the last one we think about. And he's the first one we need to think about. Amen? Amen. Truly, guys. I mean, really. It, it just, you'll see your life will be... I challenge you. Do it for a year. You do it for a year. You put God first. Not just in your finances, but in your time, your, your, your talent, everything about you. You put him first and you watch at the end of that year if you are not better off after that year. I promise you. If you tithe and you give of all your increase all year and you do not see an increase in your family and in your check, you come see me and I'll get with Kurt and he'll give you all the money back. <laughs> Don't be a while. Hallelujah. 
But me and Kurt believe that so much that we can stand in agreement, okay? <laughs> that he will return. No, no, no. I, would, I, I really would. I mean, to the day I'm at the place of the church that I can actually say that because I believe in it so much. I really do. I, I believe your life would be told. I don't care if you're a teenager and you're babysitting and you're making $20 a week. You give $2 to God. Right. Put him first. <laughs> Put him first. I don't care. what I mean, Birthday, okay? Well, I ain't got a job, man. Well, you just walked away from your birthday party with about $500. So you've got an opportunity to put God first. Amen? There is no money that comes in my family or my life that does not get God first. None. Zero. None. And I'm telling you, it makes a difference. You have ten puppies, you give the first one to the Lord. And you're saying, I want to give them all to the Lord. Hallelujah. Get rid of them. Hallelujah. I'm just saying, guys, look, it's just, like I said, it's just a principle if you'll put in place. And I don't care how old or how young you are. Well, my parents, they, they, they don't do that. Uh, your parents ain't your God. Well, my spouse don't really believe in tithe. Well, you let them do what they want to with their tithe, but you do what you want to do with your tithe. You know what I mean? That's my chick. You know what I'm saying? We both. We, we, it's up to her. I don't go tell her, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, mama, did you pay tithe? No. uh <laughs> Well, I, I, I do a little bit. <laughs> to make sure, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, she, she, she's a tither. She's a giver. But you do it because you love God. Not because of anything else. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Okay, what is a talent? A talent is a sum of money. One talent in their day would equal 10,000 denarii. One denarius, which is a single denarii. I know that's backwards. Okay, with the, it, Denarius is singular. Denarii is plural. 300 denarii equaled a year's wage. One talent is 10,000 denarii. 300 denarii equaled one year's wage. 10,000 denarii equaled one talent of silver. That was a lifetime of wages. Again, it's showing a picture that Christ has given to every single one of us a lifetime of wages. What are we going to do with it? It's no accident that you're in the career you're in. There's no accident that you're married to who you're married to. There's no accident of what you're doing in life. It's all part of your talent. All a part of your talent. Now, some had more than others. It was based on their ability. Now, he did not say that that was all you could have. That's just your starting place. And as you're faithful with a little, you become a ruler over much. In their day, a boy would start helping his dad at 12. He would become a laborer at 17, and they would retire at 50. 33 and a half years was the lifespan of them working. How long did Jesus was on the earth? 33 and a half years. How many of y'all want to retire at 50? I'm 51. I'm still working. Didn't make it. Amen? The point is, is this right here. We put God first. Good things is going to happen. He can make a way when there seems no way. The problem with the body of Christ in America, that's why we see weak churches. Is this right here? We've begun to put our eyes on possessions instead of God. In my day, when I was going to church, guys, we went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. You know what they do today? once a week. I wonder if that was something that God really said, you know what, thus saith the Lord, we're going to cut down our services, we're going to go to once a week. And it just seems funny that when we did that and we begin to put our affection on other things, because what do we hear around here? Hey man, where you been? Oh, man, I'm just busy. <laughs> I'm busy. Alright? But it seems funny that how once we start cutting down our service times and our gathering times, wickedness begins to rise in the world we live in. And nobody can deny that, guys. The world we live in, I'm talking about the United States, man, we got lawmakers that can't chew gum and walk. I'm telling you, some of the things they're coming up with makes me wonder. <laughs> Did y'all go to hell and then come back? <laughs> What's going on here? I mean, what the heck's going on? I mean, seriously. It's because the lack of passion for God's things. You mean we're in church and it's past 12 o'clock? My God, man, what's up with this? 
Really? <laughs> My question is, is what are you running off to that's that important? Oh, I got to go, got to go, got to go, got to go. Okay, where are you going? Oh, I'm hungry. Oh, really? <laughs> I am too. <laughs> but you can go an extra 20 minutes without food. I promise you, you won't die. Ain't nobody in this room, we ain't lacking food. Amen? Hallelujah. So Jesus has given each one of us here today either five, three, or one talent. What are we going to do with it? Question mark. <laughs> what are we going to do with it? We find in the story of Matthew 25 that the one with five talent doubled his talent for Jesus. The man with two talent did the same. But the man with one talent did nothing with it but rather buried it. He had no respect for his Lord. He lived for himself with no thought of what his Lord gave him. When his Lord arrived back to settle accounts with him, the man had no love for his Lord, but instead made up lies about him and thought it was okay. The Lord was not fooled by this man, and Jesus was not fooled by what we do either. The Lord called this man wicked and lazy and took away his talent. What is the Lord going to say to you when he returns? What's he going to say? That's you, personal. To you, to me, what is the Lord going to say? I know we have one passage in Matthew 7. At the end of Matthew 7, he says, there's going to be many come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, woo Lord, Lord, woo How you doing, Lord? He's going to look and go, huh? Who are you? Oh, man, I attended church. I mean, I was at church, man, on Sundays. You know, man, in between my cussing during the week, I did say I, I love God. In between beers and in between margaritas, you know, I mean, I, you know, Lord, you good. You cool, bro. You cool. Uh-uh. We don't serve a weak-kneed king. We serve a king that keeps up with everything we do, good or bad. The good news is, is we can repent today and all the bad can be forgotten. Gone. He's the only king. That not only will forgive you, he will forget it. That's right. Amen? Amen? That's the good news of our great God. And that's just, I'm telling you, because you're only one breath away from eternity. And how much is your breath worth to you? What if you went to get it and it wasn't there? I said, come on, man. How much is it? Come on, how much, how much are you going to pay for that? I mean, they might even give their phone away. <laughs> that would be a miracle. Amen? Who gave you your breath? Scientist. <laughs> Scientist. Yeah, there's the ticket. Those ones locked up in the room, mixing their formulas. They gave us that oxygen. Yeah. Bull. <laughs> Ain't happening. God gave you that oxygen. God gave you that oxygen. Hallelujah. Number three, am I a good steward? We're going to end it with this right here, guys. Am I a good steward? When we use God's resources wisely for the kingdom or for others, He will supernaturally bless us. There will come a day when the Lord says, Well done, good and faithful Nathan Gibbs. Get in here. I'm going to say, Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because I'm going to tell you something, guys. About a year or so ago, I looked at this woman right here on October 20th and I heard some of the evilest reports you could ever imagine. Your wife's jacked up. She don't have stage 2 kidney disease. She don't have stage 3 kidney disease. She's got stage 5 kidney disease. Stage 6 is you're gone. Your wife is messed up. She's got a lot of things wrong with her. I had two options. I'm either going to go to God or I'm going to run from God. I'm either going to accuse God or I'm going to praise God. And I'm going to be honest with you. I begin to start looking at my life and how much I've given to the Lord. And there was a thought that came over me and I said, Lord, we have no insurance, by the way. Did I say that? None. That's always a comforting place to be in when you're facing stage 5 kidney disease. Don't recommend that. But I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, I have given my whole life to serve you. Still not a basis to receive my healing on, okay? I begin to start counting the blessings. Lord, I have been faithful to you. 
I've given to you. I've put you first in my life. And I know that through this, you're going to put me first. You're going to take care of us. I begin to recount the goodness of God. I begin to look unto the Lord. And I want to tell you that here today, she is healed, healthy, and whole. In Jesus' name. Not because of who I am, but because of who he is. You acknowledge the Lord in all your ways, you'll never be disappointed because everybody in this room, you're going to face something. Hear me and hear me well. I don't care how good your life is right now, you are going to face something bad. Everybody in this room, you will face something bad. Your response to that determines whether you come out or you stay in. Luke 12 tells us this about a man that thought of himself more than God. Jesus said this, There was the ground of a certain rich man that yielded plentiful. He thought within himself saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and I will build greater. Notice the I. And I will store all my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, So you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God says something different to this guy. He says, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose, whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. This man thought that it was all about him, all about his stuff, all the things that he could obtain. Everything. His eyes was on that right there. And the Lord said, man, you got it all messed up. You're messed up. Today, you're going to lose your soul. And then what is that stuff going to do you? What did Jesus say? What does it profit a man that gains the whole world and then loses his soul? It profits him nothing, man. I want to proclaim to you, man, be a on fire for God Christian that don't accept nothing other than thus saith the Lord and live it out. Well, you know, my friends at school, they just they, they, they make fun of me. Good, good. Because I'm going to tell you something. Their mocking will turn into, will you help me very soon? Very soon. Very soon. Hallelujah. You know, I'm going to end it with this right here. You know, when I first gave my heart to Jesus... Like I said, I was, I was not a good boy. None of my family was saved at the time. None of them were going to church. My brother, which is like one of my best friends, he wasn't serving God. Well, nobody. It was, just, it was just an experience, man. God changed my life. But I remember one day I was riding down the road, and again, ZZ Top, Led Zeppelin, uh, you know, Journey. I mean, can, can I go on now? Y'all know, okay? All right. I was listening to all these artists even after I got saved, and I didn't think nothing about it. Again, God's helping me to begin to steward my life that honors Him. And when God comes to you and asks you to steward your life to honor Him, there's going to be some things you're going to have to cut out of your life. And if you make excuses, that's fine. He'll let you keep on doing it. But I was riding down the road. And the reason why I'm saying this is because a lot of you guys need to hear this. I'm speaking to several in this room right now. And I'm not going to back down. I'm going to say it bold. <laughs> okay? I was riding down the road in my whatever jalopy I had. It wasn't nothing special. Hallelujah. <laughs> but as I'm riding down the road, my radio station changed. Not by my hand. And I didn't have digital. <laughs> you know, back in them days. <laughs> no digital. But I want you to know that as I was riding down the road, that changed. To a Christian radio station. Now, up to this point, I didn't even know that existed. Remember ZZ Top? She got a leg. Oh, y'all too holy for that. <laughs> I'm just jamming. God turned the station to 93.3. Has anybody ever heard of 93.3? If you hadn't, I'm talking to you. 
I'm telling you, you need to change your station. So the station turned, and I began to start listening to this Christian music. And I'm going, wow, <laughs> this is cool. And man, I, I like this. And then he started introducing me to, I like, like, I like rock and roll, you know. <laughs> I like a little rock and roll. So he started introducing me to some Christian rock and roll. And I was like, wow, this is good. And I began to see my life change in that area to where I went to Christian music. And I walked away from secular music. Was that something that I planned to do? Uh-uh. The Lord directed my steps. Some of y'all need to yield to the Spirit of God and walk away from secular music. Because during my life, guys, that was just a start. Now, did I stay there when I made that change? Did I go, okay, I'm going to serve Jesus all and I'm going to just do Christian music the rest of my life? Uh-uh. I found myself on the jobs back over here because we had what they call boom boxes. Do y'all remember boom boxes? We didn't have, you know, iPods and all that kind of stuff. Boom box. So I had the boom box, and I was a big 98.5 guy. You know what I'm saying? Listening to all the oldies and stuff like that. So I'd have the music playing out there because I had kind of just drifted back into my way. And I liked the beat. Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan. You know, beat it, beat it. I mean, I, mean, I like this. I mean, it's good. You know, I like it, okay? But then the Lord would come to me and he said, Nathan, what kind of witness are you being out here? Hear me. What kind of witness are you being? There would be something on the inside of me saying, mm-mm, this ain't good. Because what you need to realize when it comes to sinners, what you portray on the outside has everything to do with what they're going to do on the inside. Because they see Christianity through the eyes of what you do. Oh, my heart. It's right, man. I love Jesus, man. Yeah, me and God, we number one. They don't see that. They hear what you're doing. You will never be an influence as long as you partner with the world. Never. And you're deceived if you think you are. Some of you guys in this room are being corrected by the Lord right now to begin to steward your lives in a way that honors God and lifts up the name of Jesus in your life. You never win anybody using what the world does. Never. Did I stray? Yes, I strayed. Yes, I strayed. But there was a conviction that kept rising up in me and the Lord would bring me back and I'd have to say no. Then I'd drift over here a little bit more and then guess what? He would have to bring me over here. Why? He's saying, Nathan, I need you to steward your life because there's other lives that depend on it. See, as Christians, we want to submit to God in the things we want to submit to Him, but we don't want to submit to Him to the things that we don't want to. Come on, amen, amen, okay? Well, Nathan, you're just being legalistic. Oh, yeah, and I'm saved too. I am. I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm trying to save your life. And I'm trying to help the people out around you. And everybody in this room, it could not be music. It could be something else. Maybe you're doing something else right now and the Lord is convicting your heart right now while I'm talking of some things that He's asked you to walk away from. He's asked you to quit doing. Everybody's at different walks in, in life, okay? I mean, what you're struggling with, somebody else may not be struggling with. The point is God wants us to steward. He wants us to be good stewards. And He's just saying, hey, look, come up here. Come up here. I got something better. And I, and, I, and, I, and I can honestly say to this day that my life is surrounded with worship music and Christian music. Not because, oh man, I'm some super Christian, but my life's a lot better today. And it seems funny that when people go through hard times, they want to go to the church, they want to run to the Bible, they want to run to Christian music or worship music. But it seems like when things are going good, we slip away. Does that change what this brings, the Word of God and all this? No, 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 don't change it at all. We've got to run to God. So everybody bow your head and close your eyes. Hallelujah. And before we dismiss, guys, I, I want to give everybody a chance to, to, to get your own heart right. The first thing you need to know that if you're in this room today and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, that is the greatest decision that you will ever make. And I want to first give that opportunity to those that are in the room. 
You don't go to heaven based on how good you are. You don't go to heaven based on how good looking you are. You go to heaven because you said yes to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And if you're in this room today and you say, Nathan, I need to put Jesus first in my life right now. I want you to be bold, unashamedly. We're not going to call you out, make you do a bunch of crazy stuff. We want to just pray with you. And if that's you today, be bold and say, hey, pray for me. If that's you, raise your hand and be bold. I want to meet Jesus. I want to say yes to Jesus. If that's you, raise your hand. Maybe you're here today and you say, well, Nathan, at one time I was really burning hot for Jesus. I was walking with him. But I've let the world come in and begin to choke out some things. Will you pray for me, Nathan? I want to come back. I want to make a new, fresh commitment. If that is you, raise your hand. We've all been there, guys. Everybody in the room, everybody has been there at one time or the other. Hallelujah. Don't be ashamed. Now's the time to say yes to Jesus. Yes to His ways. Now this is a big one here. If you're in this room today and the Holy Spirit has dealt with you about being a good steward of your life, a good steward of your finances, a good steward over the natural things of life, I want you just to raise your hand. I see those hands. Hallelujah. I see those hands. Hallelujah. You can put them down. We're going to pray for you. And I'm going to pray for all those that didn't raise their hands. Because there was many of you guys that should have raised your hands. And we're going to pray for everybody. You can go ahead and stand. You've been seated for a while. Let's all stand. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And if you didn't raise your hand and you think, man, I should have raised my hand. Well, look, this prayer is for you. Okay, I'm going to pray. You just kind of lean into it and you receive it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you and I lift up every single person in this house today, Father God, that has raised their hand to say, Lord, they want to be a good steward of their life. They want to be a good steward of their time. They want to be a good steward of their talent. They want to be a good steward of their treasure. I'm asking you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, to help each and every person that's in this room that is tired of just living life to exist. They're ready to experience all you have for them, Father. I pray right now that the grace of God would abound to them more and more. That you would touch their life, touch their heart, do the surgery, do the change in the name of Jesus. That as they walk out of here today, that Holy Spirit, you help them, you teach them to be able to walk out the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and to be great stewards of what you've given to us in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father God, for new commitments right now. I thank you, Father God, that we are all making commitments to you. We're all making changes and adjustments. And we thank you, Father God, for loving us enough to speak to us and to change us. In the name of Jesus. And everybody says, Amen, Amen, Amen.